This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jason Tan, and he is a software engineer at heart, but he was an early engineer at many of these uh, uh, Seattle startups like Zillow, Optify, Buzz Labs before migrating to San Francisco to start his current company, Sift Science, in 2011. He's playing in the fraud prevention software space. We'll jump into it here in a second. Jason, are you ready to take us to the top? Yep, I'm ready. All right. So tell us what this bad boy does. What is Sift Science and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Yeah, so we are in the business of assessing the trustworthiness of a user online. We help uh, online businesses predict whether someone is uh, malicious with their intent or are they someone that they can trust. And so when I say malicious, that could be using a stolen credit card, creating a fake account, posting spammy content. We're trying to predict that type of intent in real time so that our customers can take preventative action or they can... Uh, take steps to reduce friction in their customer experience and delight their users. Uh, in terms of how we make money, we charge per billable event, and that usually ties to a significant transaction or an account created on our customer's website. So we make money when they make money, and fully it's aligned with them. So, so it's not SaaS platform, it's transaction-based? Uh, it is a SaaS platform. We charge month to month, and... You know, it's really usage-based. I think that would be the way to So you have it. buckets. If you do less than a million, more than a million, it's this price, something like that. Exactly. Very similar to what you see with Trulio or, or whatnot. There's volume discounts as you have more and more transactions. Now, if I forced you to kind of just give me an average, what's the average customer paying you per month, would you say? Oh, it's probably going to be in the minimum of a few thousand dollars per month. We have some customers paying us $100,000 a month. Yep. So we'll just say on average, maybe four grand, five grand, something like that. Okay, great. That's helpful to understand. So tell us more, now that we understand the company and kind of the, the revenue model, tell us more about your backstory, man. What what happened in 2011 that threw you into this world? Yeah, I mean, in 2011, I was still living up in Seattle, very happy up there. I had a lot of, uh, you know, friends and family. But I think, uh, you know, having gone through some some uh, startups in Seattle, I realized that the, the beauty of starting a company is that you get to choose your own tribe of, of folks. And uh, I was lucky to work with some great folks in Seattle, but I was excited about the challenge of finding my own people. And, you know, I think starting a company, you selfishly get to have some control over you, over who you see in the office. And I think life is short. You know, I think that we should spend time in the office with people that we enjoy learning from and being challenged by and solving tough problems with and having fun with. And so uh, 2011, I decided to move down to San Francisco. We went through White Combinator. Um, and you know, six and a half years later, we're, we're still um, going and building our own tribe. Did you get rich off Zillow equity? I uh, did well. Very lucky to be uh, you know, a Series A employee. And, and uh, What number were you? Uh, I was. I joined at around 60. Okay. I won't pry deeper here, but I'd love to get a little context. Did you make more or less than a million bucks on your Zillow equity? Uh, less. Okay, I less. Think, 
you know, typically to, to make more than a million dollars at any company, it, it would require kind of a Facebook size outcome. Or yeah. Size so, outcome. so good money, but not fuck you money. <laughs> it was, I, like, I like to say it was it was the seed investment for uh, to science. There we go. That's good to know. Okay, so launch year you said was 2011. Yes. And did you did the launch and you going through Y Combinator happen at the same time or was one before the other? Well, so launch. I, I guess maybe there's two launches here. We, we officially founded the company in 2011, right? As we were going through Y Combinator, that's kind of part of the Y Combinator process is that they help you set up your company, they help you get all the paperwork done, and you, you can spend your time exclusively focused on building the best possible product. Uh, our official launch in terms of the product and making it publicly available, that was in March of 2013. So it took us some time to really understand the market and what they wanted in a solution. But you know, we were, we're really glad that we took time to get the product right because this is a industry that has stagnated in terms of its innovation. It's really driven by the status quo of rules-based systems that are reactive and don't scale and are expensive and difficult to maintain. And so when we came in, you know, we didn't know anything about this industry, but we knew how to build great technology. And we saw an opportunity to uh, disrupt this industry with a machine learning solution, which is you know, how Amazon and Google and Facebook solve this problem internally. Let's democratize that. So Jason, how old were you in 2011? Just so we get more context. Um, I was 25 years old. Okay. And how much money did you put into SIFT? I didn't put in any money. When I said seed investment, I meant more that in that. You know, I think uh, when you start a company, you often don't take a salary. I didn't take a salary for the first year and a half. How'd you fund it early on those first two years before 2013? Yeah, great question. I mean, so uh, Y Combinator will give you about $20,000. That was back then. That was the, the starting check size. And then... Uh, at the end of Y Combinator, you go through Demo Day, which is a, a public pitch in front of you know, 300 plus investors, potential investors. And uh, we were very fortunate that our Demo Day uh, in the crowd was Max Levchin, uh, co-founder and CTO of PayPal, now running a company called Firm. And he was really excited about what we were doing. It kind of spoke to his heart because he himself had worked on the fraud detection systems at PayPal. And that was something that he was really proud of. Was a hey Jason, speak up, speak up a little bit so we can hear you more clearly. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, with Matt, Max Levchin was uh, excited about what we, what we were doing, and he uh, wanted to lead our seed round. So he put a million dollars of his own money in, and we raised a total of one point six million dollars back in September of two thousand eleven. And fast forward to today, how much total have you raised? Uh, we raised about fifty four million dollars. Okay. And how many customers do are you now in terms of those that are paying you? Uh, we have, we're lucky to have quite a few, uh, just about 500. As I'm traveling the world on planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, guys hear it. I'm closing loads of different deals, whether it's buying a company, closing a new account for gitlatka.com, you name it, I've got to do it. And part of my issue is signing documents while I'm on the road. So I just found this new tool. I'm using it pretty aggressively. It's called Sign Easy. So you can get started for free at gitsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. You'll see contracts that I've signed there and boy, oh boy, are they big and they work and the app is so easy to use. Get started today at getsigneasy.com forward slash podcast. Uh, you guys are very much playing in the like high touch model, right? You have an inside sales team. Yes, we have an inside sales team. And you know, the, main, the two main reasons driving that is first, 
what we are selling is a solution uh, and it requires a little more implementation and understanding and buy-in. It's not really a tool because uh, you know we touch many different areas of the business and then we become pretty mission critical to our customers. The second is that uh, you know this is again this is a relatively new way of solving the problem, and so it's really like converting um, these customers to a new religion of machine learning versus rules-based systems, and so that takes a little more explanation and touch. Yep. And then is it, I mean is it fair to say 500 customers times your sweet spot of four grand a month? Have you guys passed the magical two million and monthly recurring revenue mark yet? Um, I'm not going to comment on revenue, but we've been growing. We've been more than doubling our revenue for the last three. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just multiplying your numbers. I mean, is that generally fair? You gave me the 500 customers and about four grand per month. I would also point out that the ARPU, uh, you know, like I said, it varies from a few thousand dollars a month to a hundred thousand dollars a month. Okay. Uh, can you give us some context? Like you're, you're definitely lower than X or you're definitely higher than X? Um, I will say that we're going to have a big year. <laughs> <laughs> will will you pass 30 million in an ARR run rate by the end of this year? Um, okay, no. Uh, got Okay, that's helpful. That's good to understand. All right, um, what's your team look like today? Yeah, we've got about 120 people uh, spread across two offices. We have an engineering office in Seattle, but our headquarters is here in San Francisco, uh, and about 15 folks are up there in Seattle. Okay, and then what is the, talk to me more about kind of how you're finding these customers. How are you growing this thing? Yeah, so there's uh, inbound, um, you know, pipeline that comes in through the website and other content that we put out there or events that we host or uh, conferences we attend to. And then the second piece is an outbound model where we have a team of uh, business development reps that are reaching out to potential customers and starting the conversation. And when you when you look at, so are you just using your outbound team to get customers or are you doing any direct kind of paid spend on Facebook, Google, et cetera? Uh, we're not doing much paid spend. We found that uh, for us, because uh, we are selling a transformative way of, of running a company, um, something like a Facebook ad is less uh, conducive to that type of sale. I think it requires a bit more customization uh, in terms of the message. So fa- fair to say less than 10 grand per month on direct paid spend stuff? Yeah. Okay. And then, so do you care about, like, do, do you actively track kind of your fully weighted CAC considering the salaries of your team focused on outbound or is that not something you track? Oh, we, we track it for sure. I mean, okay. I LTV CAC is one of the most important metrics to track in any SaaS business. And so yeah, we make sure that all of our unit economics are sound because otherwise, you know, it doesn't make sense. to keep. So, so what, what on average are you spending to acquire these customers? Um, I would say that I'm not going to say the numbers that we're going to spend, but I think that our LTV CAC is more than three to one. Okay, more than okay, that's great. And, and you know, sometimes like LTV to CAC can actually lie to you because if it takes you a long time to recover the CAC, you can get in a big old cash gap. So people tend to look at payback period obviously more aggressively. Yeah. What do yeah. you try and optimize for in terms of months of payback? Yeah, I mean, ours is sub eighteen months, which is- that's great. I just had another Y Combinator company on right before you who's raised fifty three million. You know, Scott from Classy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was on literally right before you, and he he said the same thing. He said we optimize for less than an eighteen month payback period. Is that something they teach at Y Combinator? No, actually, in Y Combinator they don't teach you anything about SaaS metrics. Interesting. This is just this is something you learn. I mean, remember that Y Combinator is focused on the first three months of a company's life. I think that in the first three months, it's going to be pretty rare that you have a scalable business that where with LTV CAC and all these other CAC payback period 
all these numbers actually are worth tracking and worth measuring. Yeah. I mean, but it's fair to say, even if we go back to like to your monthly number earlier, where customers are paying in the low thousands per month, let's just call it like three, 3,000 or so. I mean, you still have a lot of room there to spend on CAC if you want an 18 month, 18 month payback, you know, 18 months times three grand, you're looking at, you know, up to 54 grand on CAC if you wanted. Yeah. And I think there's also um, different uh, costs associated with the inbound versus the outbound model. And then, you know, there, there's also assumptions about how you track lifetime. Do you assume three years? Do you assume five years? How do you track that? That's an interesting question. Everyone does it differently. Yeah, I mean, we take a conservative approach. We assume only a three-year lifetime uh, instead of five years. What do you uh, use, though, to, to get more confidence in that assumption? I mean, do you look at churn? Yeah, of course we do. Okay. Our, churn is, our, our revenue churn is sub 1%. Okay, are you, are you in net negative revenue churn yet or no? Yes. Okay, I mean, because it. of our usage-based billing model, then we, we tend to grow with our customers. That's good. And what about what about logo churn? I mean, have you managed to keep that under control? Yeah, we have a team of account managers that are doing a really good job of holding on to our customers. I mean, for us, just like most SaaS businesses, but especially for us, it is mission critical to hold on to our customers because our customers pay back their lifetime value and, and, and cover their their acquisition costs over you know multiple years yep now i mean do you so, so what is that number in terms of in, in in a year just looking at logo not revenue associated with the logo but just logo churn annually i mean are you sub 10 percent, sub 20 percent? oh i think we're sort of sub three percent oh sub three percent annually in logo churn Oh, wow. Okay. So super low. That's great. Um, so what is, so okay. If that's the case, then you have really mastered the things you need to get a new customer to do in the first week so that they become very sticky. What is that thing that action they have to take on your platform to create that stickiness? Yeah, they work closely with our account executives and our solutions engineering team to integrate well and to get training on the product. Uh, we have a, a playbook that you know, we've developed over the years on how to help customers uh, get the most out of our SIP science platform. And, you know, we've invested heavily in uh, tools that help our customers uh, integrate properly because with a machine learning system, garbage data in gets you garbage results out. Yep. Yep. Jason, on that note, let's wrap up here with your famous five. These are quick one word answers. Number one, what's your favorite business book? The Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. That's a good one. Number two, who's your favorite? Or is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, Don't make one up. Don't lie to me. If there isn't one, I'll just say none. I was going to say Satya Nadella. Okay. It's pretty interesting with what he's done in Microsoft. Number three, besides zero, what's your favorite online tool? Um, I quite like Google Docs, Google Spreadsheets. It's pretty amazing that they've been able to take away so much from my office. Good. Google Docs, Jason, you have such an exciting life. <laughs> I live in it. I live in it. <laughs> How many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, it's been more lately. I'd say seven to eight. Okay, good. And what's your situation? Married, single, you have kids? I'm single right now. Okay, single. No kids, right, that you know of? Uh, I like to joke that I have 120 at the office. <laughs> All right. And, and how old are you? I am 31 years old. Last question. Take us back 11 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? I wish that you knew that... You're going to have a lot of interesting opportunities in life and that 
it's okay to jump on those opportunities, even if they don't work out as you expected. There you guys have it from Jason. Again, opportunities will always exist. It's okay to jump in and jump out as you want, even if they don't pan out in the end, you're going to learn. He founded his fraud prevention software company, Sift Science, back in 2011, went through Y Combinator, uh, and uh, since has raised $53 million, sorry, $54 million. His team of 120 folks based between Seattle and San Francisco are helping, obviously, onboard these customers paying on average, you know, two, three, four, five grand per month, 500 paying customers again, all with the goal of helping these, these customers understand when they get customers that sign up through their platform, which ones are at risk, who should be paying attention to, who should you be worried about? Jason, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you, Nathan.